tonight. Welcome to episode two of the Duplex Experts. What I want to talk about in this first main episode after the introductory one that I recorded the other day outside in the wind in uh, South Florida uh, is duplex math. And uh, one of the things that uh, in my real estate investing career I've always struggled with is I felt like I was investing and working for someone else, uh, the bank, the HOA, my tenants, and I didn't feel like I was unlocking value. Uh, Real estate is about equity appreciation and about cash flow, and I felt that there was something missing in my investing over the last 20 years from uh, about the late 90s to now. And uh, I've been thinking about it for months now, trying to distill this down into something that's both teachable and something that I can use as a mantra as I look to the next 20 years of my real estate investing. And I've settled on this idea of duplex math. And that's the Goldilocks sweet spot between what I had been doing, which was investing in quite a lot of condominiums because I mistakenly thought that having an HOA and no need for my own insurance and not having to worry about big things like roofs would actually be a way to scale while I worked full time. And uh, it turns out that uh, as I do the math, it's not right. And I think that a lot of you might be in the same situation, whether you started with a one or a two bedroom condominium when you first bought your own home to live in and then moved into the suburbs, into a home or into a larger place, or you had some extra cash and you said, well, rather than buy a new car, I'm going to buy a small studio or or one bedroom to rent out and get some extra income. All those things are the right things to do, but we've misplaced our money in ways that just doesn't grow the way we should expect it to. So I'll walk you through kind of two parts of of duplex math. The first part is more cash flow. Uh, On a monthly basis, I'm convinced, and I'll I'll walk you through over the next few weeks, why a single family residence and a duplex or a small multifamily like a fourplex or a triplex will give you more monthly cash flow than you could ever hope to get medium and long term and even immediately from a condominium. And I'll walk you through some of those aspects. Uh, they're probably things you know about already, but uh, you know, really clarify it for everybody. Uh, the second part is, is appreciation. And that comes out of two main areas of effort. One is unlocking value. And that has to do with um, the ability to buy something or own something that might have a, a, you know, a mole on it, as I might say, a blight on it in some way, where there's something you can actually do to unlock value. So I'll get to some examples in a, in a minute. The second is kind of long-term real estate appreciation. And while yes, you do own in fee simple your condominium, it just doesn't give you a piece of land that you own. You don't have the freedom to use your own ingenuity and effort to unlock nearly as much value as you could if you owned land. So whether it's a single family property that you could build a second story on, if you're in a kind of crowded area where that, that makes sense, the return on investment would be good there. Or you're, you're thinking about adding uh, a second house on a lot that may be zoned for more than one house and it only has one house on it. So you don't have the ability in a condominium nearly as much as you do in, in something where you own um, to unlock you know, value from removing negatives or adding positives. Uh, so that's kind of the two areas of appreciation I'll talk about. So in the next two segments, I'll go through those pieces of, uh, 
of analysis. And then I'll wrap up and uh, give you a, a little hint of what's to come in the future. All right. We're just still working, learning how to use segments here on my podcast recorder. So this uh, segment is going to be about, as I mentioned, cash flow and why a, a duplex or a small multifamily is going to drive you much more cash flow uh, almost from day one, um, you know, before you even get into the medium and long-term unlocking of value that I'll cover in the next segment. So let's just do some simple math and I'll have a YouTube video up where I'll actually walk through some of this uh, on a whiteboard of some kind, but I'll also include a link or if you want to email me, I can send you the Excel spreadsheet that uh, I've, I've laid this out very clearly of how you can compare a similar similar investment in a condo versus a duplex or a single family residence. So if you think about your, your total costs, and I'll leave financing out in a minute, I'll probably do another episode on financing versus cash uh, to, to for those of us that typically finance our, our property purchases and make sure that, uh, that that analysis is clear to you if that's your situation. But uh, let's assume cash, and let's just assume you got a duplex that you might be able to buy for $300,000 and you either own already or you're thinking about a condominium for $300,000. And some real estate agent that sells a lot of condos is saying, you know, here's your, your $300,000 condo. This is the rents in the building. Um, you know, looks great. It's a, you know, 1% return on your, on your uh, price. And, uh, you know, I want to walk you through why that may not be a great investment for you to make. So let's think about a, you know, typical nice condo that's $300,000, 1,100 square feet, 2-2, two, two, let's say. Could, you know probably get uh, roommates or a small family to get in there you've got a pretty low insurance so that's the, the big benefit of condos that I mentioned at the beginning where you really don't have to spend a lot of money on insurance because the building covers most of it you really just need to cover inside your four walls as as condominium law dictates that's what you are responsible for and uh, you, you really don't have to keep much of a repair reserve because you just don't have the roof the, the structural issues um, on that so from a you know, annual percent, you know, it looks pretty good annually that you don't have that many expenses. Um, you're still going to have the property tax that, uh, you know, is typically in your area is probably going to be based on millage rate where you uh, pay a percentage of, of the value, assessed value of the property. So that's kind of a wash between a uh, condo and, and a duplex or a fourplex. Where, where you really start to get your, your cash flow and eventual value eaten up is, is in your HOA fees. Now, if you can find a condominium that will cover your roof and doesn't have a whole lot of amenities and kind of seems a little bit like a single family residence. A lot of these are townhomes where you don't have above or below you and it's more of a townhouse than a, than a flat. You know, this may be a lot lower, but typically in my area, a $300,000 condominium that's nice, that's gonna get a good rent, is gonna have you know, five, six, seven hundred dollars per month of HOA fees. And yes, you do get a lot of things for that. You might get a doorman, you might get valet parking, um, you'll get a, a bonus room to have parties in downstairs, a pool, a gym. All those things are, are great, but um, like a lot of things, they don't really pay back one-to-one -one for what you get. Uh, someone's not going to pay $400 a month more for those things than, um, than the same square footage. They care about their, their house, their walls, their fridge. So, you know, you, you might have a monthly rent, let's just say you can get uh, $2,000 for a place that's $300,000. Now, and your, your mileage may vary. Your area might have a higher rent-to-price ratio or a lower one, depending on the demand and, and things like that. And I'm happy to go through those with people individually by chatting or, or messaging. Uh, we can go over your area and your specific questions. But you, know, you got about $2,000 coming in. You're going to have the, you know, $600 of association fees. You're going to have property taxes. You're probably going to walk with less than $1,000 of net rent. 
And that's, you know, before you get hit with, with the once in a while big assessments and things of that nature that you just really don't have control over. So you're going to walk with at best $1,000 a month. Um, and, you know, you do the, the math on that and your return on that is about 4%. And, uh, you know, that might seem all right in this 2019 age where interest rates are really low, but you're locking up a lot of capital and you're getting really what's less than the, the, the loan amount you'd have to pay. So, you know, we're not talking about financing here, but that's, if you had a loan on that, you'd actually be losing money. You'd be, you'd be working for the bank. You'd be working for your tenants. You'd be working for the HOA, which is not a place you want to be. Um, so, you know, the math on this seemed great when I first started getting into condos and I did get cash flow. But when I did the math, I said, man, I could have just gotten into a certificate of deposit or something else and not have to d dealt with any, any tenant questions, any move-in, move-outs. Um, and, you know, I, I basically was spending all those hours to, to, to be neutral, and that wasn't a good place to be. So if I take that duplex math and I look at a duplex instead, um, you know, a $300,000 duplex in my area might get me a, a 14, 1,500-square-foot place with two small two-ones, uh, you know, one on each side or something like that. So I got two units there, um, and uh, and I, I have, you know, an insurance amount that's probably a lot higher. So I, I had thought three thousand dollars might be the place to be for annual amounts. So three thousand dollars rather than maybe a small seven hundred dollar for the condo. So that's a negative for for owning your own spot. But um, you know, you still have the same property taxes. You're going to have. Uh, you know, a, a zero HOA. Now, granted, you're going to want some reserve against repairs, and we'll talk about that in a minute. But your monthly rent is is going to be higher. In, in almost every example I've looked at, you know, scouring hundreds of different listings and looking at rental rates manually, you're going to get more rent out of two two ones in a marginal, decent area, working class area than you're going to get in a condo. Uh, you know, just because you get more per square foot, the smaller the square foot it is, right? Both buying and renting. Uh, and so your net rent of all costs, you know, it's probably going to be about 50% higher than um, than your uh, rent net that you're going to get out of a condominium. That's that's a big difference. 50% is a big number. Uh, so your net income per year, you know, can be much higher. And your net cap rate, while not going to blow your socks off, is going to be more in the 6% range, and maybe a little higher, but 6% range than in the 4% uh, range. So. You know, just doing that basic math, and yeah, there's a lot more details. I can, you know, do a 400-line Excel spreadsheet to take into account all the assumptions. But off the top, you know, just from a cash flow perspective, you're going to do better. Now, some of you, you know, may like the idea of, hey, I own a, a nice condo in this high-rise in downtown, and it's really next to the orchestra and all that. That's fine. You know, that's like you buy a boat. You don't buy a boat for an investment. You buy it because you want to talk about it, you want to have it, you want to know that you have it and feel good about it. But this is for those of you that really are caring about cash flow and wealth. And uh, you know, going from 4 to 6% is a big difference over the course of 5, 10, 15 years of a holding period. So um, you know, that's my basic seven-minute math on uh, duplex math, comparing condominiums to duplexes. Uh, in the next segment, we'll get into unlocking value in both removing obstacles to value and adding incremental value. All right, welcome to the next segment on uh, unlocking value. Uh, so we talked about cash flow. That should be pretty clear to you all. Uh, even if that was just the difference between it, it still might make a good case for short, medium, and long-term investing in small multifamilies like duplexes, triplexes, and fourplexes. 
But now let's talk about unlocking value. And, and most of you are going to be interested in owning your own future. You want to build wealth. You've probably gone to a seminar that you know, taught you about taking control and, and you know, being your own leader and financial freedom and all of that. I'm not a motivational speaker, but you're probably here for that reason. So you want to do that. You want to be able to own your own future. You want to be able to do something with your property and not just sit on it passively. So let's talk about the two areas of unlocking value, of removing impediments to, to maximum value and adding incremental value um, into your property. So, and you'll see pretty clearly that most of these things can't be done with a condominium. Or if you do do them with a condominium, uh, the, the, the headache of working with the HOA to make these changes is gonna be much higher. And the return, because the comps are so clear between your unit and the unit right above you or below you or to the side of you, means that your investments are gonna be hard to unlock uh, you know, leverage on that. You spend $1,000, you might get $1,000 more. You're not gonna get double or triple leverage like you might with a property. So let's get, just go through some examples and it should jog your, 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 your mind to, to think about things differently. So I've owned lots of condos and I've done things like adding new flooring, replacing all the, the kitchen countertops, replacing cabinets, um, you know, changing toilets, upgrading bathrooms, right? Those are all things that unlock good value in a condominium. And those of you that have done that or are thinking about doing it, you've got to work with HOA and everything's going to cost 30% more because you, you know everyone's got to be, you can't just get a handyman to kind of help you out. You need a licensed contractor and all these files on with the HOA, you know, can only work nine to five, all these kind of things. You don't have control of that project management like you would with, with your own land. Uh, so those things are a wash, right? You can do those things in either a condominium or your, um, or your single family or your duplex, right? But there's other things that I wanna make sure we cover that unlock a ton of value that, that, uh, that solve, right? So one of them is, is similar in condos, but you're unlocking value by removing an impediment. So an impediment would be functional obsolescence, let's say. So I had a condominium that did not have a washer dryer in it, did not have hookups, and I went through the long and arduous process of getting approval for a ventless all-in-one washer dryer that enabled me to advertise it with a washer dryer full size you know just dried in three hours instead of one but but it, it unlocked and removed an impediment to value and I got probably two to two hundred fifty dollars more per month just based on that spending about three thousand dollars to to you know build a wall and, and put that in there and do some plumbing you can do that of course in a duplex right uh, it doesn't have any washer dryer you, you, you build a little some place to put a washing room and bam, that unlocks a ton of value. The, the people that are gonna want to spend more on your property are gonna want those kind of modern amenities, right? And a lot of your duplexes are gonna be built many decades ago and wouldn't have had them back then. So you can remove some functional obsolescence in both, in both instances. But you can do things by removing negatives in a duplex that you simply can't do in a condominium or can't do very easily. So one example is a duplex that had uh, in Florida what we call jealousy windows. They're these old, louvered windows that look just really bad uh, compared to modern nice sealed up windows and and the hurricane proof for us works really you know well as a selling point so we went through and and you know replaced all of the windows there and just by replacing those windows and repainting the place looked like it had been completely updated from the outside you know a little bit of landscaping outside replacing the windows and we really had a way easier curb appeal and a way easier selling point for our duplexes. Uh, you can't do that in a condo, right? 
And I mentioned landscaping, some nice landscaping, you know, some of these not too expensive uh, solar lights that lead up to the entries on either side, uh, you know, doing a little bit of concrete work maybe, uh, removing blighted grass and just putting down some sod or some astroturf, you know, just some niceties that make it look like a wonderful single family home on either side of the duplex as opposed to just a place to park your car and sleep at night. And that can unlock significant uh, monthly value and significant sales value over the long term. And then some other things that may not be functional obsolescence, but are are things that your your next investor that you might want to sell to may be interested in seeing. So we've gone through and typically looked for duplexes that do not have separate meters and then working with with electricians and plumbers to create separate meters. So uh, a condom, uh, sorry, a duplex that would have had to be rented as utilities included or estimated utilities and you got to deal with that accounting every month. That was a headache for me when I had to do that. And uh, being able to split the meters, one, allows you to just move that cost over to the tenants. And two, when a uh, buyer is looking to, to invest, they want to see split meters. They want to see that everything is is real easy. If someone's coming in and they've got 30 duplexes or 30 fourplexes and they want to buy yours, they don't want to add a headache that's outside of their processes. And um, getting split meters is an example of something that you know, makes no sense for a condominium. It doesn't exist, but uh, you can definitely do it with your own duplex for not a lot of money. Um, and so that's something that might remove some functional obsolescence. So examples of removing things that are not that great in old duplexes that you buy at a certain price because they have them and removing those things unlocks a ton of value. And then adding things that are, that are interesting, uh, just like you would in a condo inside, but also outside, could be a really big deal. Um, and you could really unlock a lot of value. Putting a deck in the back, putting concrete in the back, uh, you know, adding a barbecue for, for the tenants, you know, cost you 200 bucks and it might be a selling point for someone to come in and give you an extra 50 bucks in rent. So there's a lot more control you have both over your rent and your relationship with your tenants and in your long-term capital appreciation for your duplex or your fourplex. So that's, that's just some examples of, of how a duplex can really give you a lot more value than a, than a condominium could. And I learned that too late in my career and uh, it's something for you to consider as you look into your real estate investing plans. final thing I want to cover in this episode is uh, comparisons between single-family residence and duplex. Uh, most of this episode I talked about the control you have over owning your own land and owning your own property, both in terms of project management of, of contractors and lower costs there, not dealing with an HOA, uh, cash flow, and, and improvements and removing impediments. Uh, so all of these things hopefully made sense to you as, a, as an investor. Uh, I want to look at a quick comparison between single-family residents and duplexes and why I've moved my investments into duplexes and fourplexes rather than single-family residences, which I have owned rental uh, residences in the past and done all right with them. But um, as I look at whether you're a buy and hold or a flip, you um, you are going to have two main areas where, where duplex investing might work better for you like it has for me. I'm a math guy. I'm not a, uh, you know, a interior designer type of person, I, I really look at the numbers and if the numbers work, I like it. If the numbers work, I don't like it. Um, I look at these qualitative things only insofar as they drive the numbers, right? Like being close to transportation or a park or, or the beach. Uh, it's really about the numbers for me. So when I 
ran single family homes that I owned as in as rentals I noticed that I was driving around town a lot and I had you know both the risk of of differences in in the in the way that homes were constructed right you'll have a lot more variation in the way that they're designed and engineered so your contractors and you will have a harder time getting a standardized process to improve things and fix problems you're also going to have that risk of if that one person or one family moves out you you know you're out the whole covering of that investment for the month or two that you need to rent it out again I'd say that's not that big of a of a problem mainly because with duplexes you're going to get more transient tenants anyway right I've had single-family residences where four or five years in a row I had the same tenant wanting to stay you know they might want to have a home without buying it and they might have a family and kids in school and so you you have less turnover so I think that might be a wash but but the the idea here is that as you look to improve and manage multiple properties I'm assuming that most of us don't want to just have one or two properties you want to have five ten fifteen by the time we get to a terminal point in our investing career the duplexes are both going to be more standard and you can standardize them as you own them over time and so your contractors can get really good at quickly fixing things switching things out you know there's gonna be a lot more standardization you're gonna buy the $300 Home Depot sink and cabinet set rather than this customized 48 inch one you got to order because that's how the home builder built a you know medium to nice luxury type of home at some point 20 years ago so you get a lot of standardization and since we're talking about running a real estate business whether you're buy and hold flip whatever you're doing you need to have standardization it can't be a one-off every time uh, the the prospect of owning ten different single-family residences that may be in six or seven different you know complexes built by six or seven different developers at different times you know kind of stresses me out and the idea of having duplexes at least the duplex will be similar to the other side right um, and the fourplex even more so but they're built more of a standardized cookie cutter kind of way and and I find them easier to manage and easier to wrap my head around. Um, the, the other main improvement or benefit of, of having multifamily is that you are competing with and selling to like-minded investors. Uh, a lot of times when you try to buy a single-family residence for investment purposes, you're competing with both investors and people that want to live there. Um, and so you're going you know, to have a hard time. You're going to try to turn a profit on this, whereas someone that's going to live in the home doesn't need to turn a profit and is probably thinking about the tax benefits of home ownership um, rather than renting if they're a first-time buyer. So, you know, while first-time buyers are not flush with cash usually, they are going to maybe overpay compared to what you want to over to pay as an investor. And so, I've found that talking numbers, talking turkey with other investors, either as you're buying from them, competing against them, or selling to them, is something you really want to, um, you know, really want to think about as you look at this $300,000, this fictional $300,000 investment that I talked about earlier in the podcast. So those are just some thoughts of, of why I look at duplexes and fourplexes as this Goldilocks investment in between the condominium, turnkey condominium, but but low cash flow and, and limited control, and a single family residence, which might have high control and, and high um, cash flow, but doesn't give you the standardization. So I feel like duplexes give you a little bit of the best of both worlds as you go through your career. All right, thanks for listening to this first podcast. As you can tell, um, this was produced by me, 
music editing by me, sound control by me, content by me, scripting by me. Um, as we go forward, you know, I'll be working with others to, uh, to continue to improve the quality of the podcast. But to me, content is king, and uh, you know, it's about the information, about the value. So I hope that uh, the, the lack of music and lack of production quality is not going to turn anybody off from, from following and, and subscribing and interacting with us as we grow the, um, the idea of the duplexexperts.com and uh, helping all of us do better with our real estate investing. Over the next few weeks, I'll be adding additional uh, content and, and podcasts around specific examples, deep dive into things like the construction and contracting part of duplexes, bidding on them, finding them, uh, managing them, disposing of them, things of that nature. And I encourage uh, interaction with that. And if any of you are in the industry and would like to come on the podcast for, for interviews or discussions, please reach out to me as well. Uh, that would be at david at thepodcastexperts.com. Look forward to continuing to talk with you and meet with you and invest with you. Talk to you soon.